From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what happens when you have an identity crisis and how the two of you can work through this season together. And I want to share a quote from Doug Cooper that says, identity cannot be found or fabricated, but emerges from within when one has the courage to let go. And I would add to that and be vulnerable. Yes. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's show. But first, we start each One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And hugs an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage has experienced transformation. And this week's hug is brought to you by the Position of the Month Club. And we're going to be sharing more about this club and how it's transforming marriages a little bit later in the show. But the hug actually comes from one of our Position of the Month Club summit partners that said, the show chatter in my head got to be my fave of all time. I was laughing. I got chills. Tears came to my eyes. So many emotions going through my head. If you could have seen me listening to my headphones cleaning away, even the hug was perf- perfect. Modest person, new stuff is wrong. That was me. I felt that way for 19 years of our marriage. My husband would make a suggestion and I would say, well, what if it's wrong? We have no one to ask to find out, so we better not do it. Or other thoughts, will I even have an orgasm? Will it work? I don't want to try because it probably won't and I'll be really upset. Or the kids will hear us. Elisa talked about saying no and being the queen of rejection. That was me for 19 years. Add on body issues and intimacy has definitely been a challenge. I now tell my husband everything that's going on in my head. So if he's initiating and I want to talk for a few, like, give me a minute. He's like, okay, tell me what's going on. And sometimes we do. And and sometimes he's just so sweet. And he says, let's just wait till tomorrow. You've been keeping me so satisfied. Let's just cuddle. The one thing that we got to work on, and I didn't even think it was a problem until I listened to the show, is my need to know what's going to happen. This, 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 five steps down the road. But this can happen, and this can happen. And Tony said, this is worry, and it's a waste of time. I got to grow from that. I'm going to meditate on your suggestions at the end of the show. And 2 Corinthians 10.5, bring every thought into captivity of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this podcast. I'm so thankful for you both and for the healing you have given me and continue to give me. I love it. And that, that episode, you know, what, what an amazing one to have. And and I will say that show, that episode came out then that night, Elisa and I, it, it's, it's a Tuesday and, and we're going to have sex because I'm in the intimacy lifestyle. If you don't know about the intimacy lifestyle, you can go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash one forty. We talk about scheduling sex and it was that night I'm making the moves because it's my last night to get re- to to initiate and all of a sudden and this doesn't happen often but all of a sudden I just hear footsteps a lot and there's like a little a lot of just sort of rustling going on with our kids and boom the chatter in your head mm. what's going on what are they doing are they going to come knock on the door pop up all this started coming and I had to even remind myself Tony be in the moment they're old enough if they do knock on the door they'll knock we can, we can put something on and we can answer the door. But right now, I'm going to stay focused here with Elisa. Absolutely. And if you haven't listened to that show yet, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 512. And just as a side note, because so many of you do have kids, little PSA, lock your bedroom door 
it gives you that pause to be able to answer it when they knock on the door and, and you know get in that space and not have them just walk in for for no reason. Um, jumping into today's show, as Tony said, we're talking about identity crisis. And I, I want to just start with a basic definition. An identity crisis is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or role in society. And I could even add on to that, maybe role in family, role in the couple, role, you know, amongst their community, because as we're talking about identity crisis in marriage, I mean, that's really what happens. And, you know, this show, it's interesting that we've actually never talked about identity crisis Mm -hmm. because we've made mention a lot of times over the years about the fact that Tony hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. And for those of you who don't know, 19 years ago, I took off, I took a sabbatical and I hiked from Mexico to Canada on the on the Pacific Crest Trail. It took me four and a half months, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing adventure seeing uh, the West Coast from California, Oregon, Washington, and just into a bit of Canada. And a lot. I mean, f- for those of you that don't know, that was pre kids because mm-hmm. we were three years into our marriage. We celebrated our fourth wedding anniversary. Um, celebrate might be a loose. loose use term. You mean after? Right after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure we were actually celebrating much because we were in a really bad spot. This was pre-cell phone. So I didn't have access to Elisa, nor did she have access to me for days on end. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some little, it was called, I forget what it was called. Pocket mail. Pocket mail. That was it. And I could type like, like I could journal in it and then I could get up to a payphone and I could transfer that information via it would beep and boop and bop and all that stuff. And on a payphone, and I would be able to send that to an email. So I'd send it to Elisa so she could she could have all that information. But the only way we were able to touch base with each other was via a payphone. Or if I was in a trail town and there was a trail angel and they would let us use their phone, they'd allow us to call loved ones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we would actually miss each other mm-hmm. because Elisa was again, pre-cell phone. So if she wasn't at her desk or she wasn't home and I called and she wasn't there, we'd miss each other. So we'd go another three or four days before we would talk again. And I hope you caught the language that Tony used as he started talking about this. He talked about taking a sabbatical, Mm -hmm. right? Here, he was at that point in time, he was 27 years old. Mm -hmm. We were making good money, um, but but our lives and our marriage weren't so good, you know, and, and we'd been hiking the summer before and Tony's like, I just want, I want to go out on an adventure. And Tony's brother has a genetic. Well, hold on. The summer before we were actually in the Sierra Nevadas and we were mm-hmm. hiking the Ray Lakes loop. It's a 40 mile loop that goes in. It starts in Kings Canyon and it comes out of Sequoia. You, you hit a high point of Glen Pass, at like over 11,000 mm-hmm. something, 11,200 feet, something like that. And when you're on that piece right there, when you're on Glen Pass and even before and after it, you're on the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm-hmm. So if you look south, you can that trail goes all the way to where California and Mexico meet. And if you look north, it goes all the way to into Canada. And so I remember just being there going, I'm going to hike this trail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hike this trail. Well, and, and so Tony starts, you know, like we just start having this discussion because when you're out in the wilderness, you got a lot of time to talk. And, you know, we're trying to figure out, Tony was trying to figure out like, how does this work? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I, how do I take this much time? Because at 27, well, at that time when we were first talking about it, it was 26, you know, we're in a place where life is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if you looked at us from the outside, we were, we were making good money Mm -hmm. for, you know, being in our late twenties, we had the cars, we were, you know, life looked good. But the truth of the matter was, is that 
underneath the facade, you know, two, three years into marriage, things weren't so good. And it wasn't until we actually even started digging into the show that words like, I'm going to take a sabbatical, Mm -hmm. right? And we started, we started unpacking that word because we have always attributed this hike to being like this noble thing, right? I mean, good grief. The guy hiked over 2,600 miles. I mean, that's, that's a monumental feat. He did it as a fundraiser for the Thalassemia Foundation, which his brother, Tony's brother, Paul, has a genetic blood disorder. Mm-hmm. And so we had partnered with them to, to do this fundraiser, to bring awareness. And so there were all these really, really good things wrapped around this hike. But the truth of the matter was that our marriage was not in a good spot. Yeah, and I wasn't either. I mean, if we go back to that definition of identity crisis, uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure. Mm -hmm. And I would say at this time in my life, having left college, started into my my trade, Mm -hmm. I had learned my trade, and here I was working. Uh, I liked it, and yet there was this sense of like, who am I? Mm-hmm. There's an insecurity about who I was and what I was going for and, and the expected aims or even my role in society at that point in time. So there was some fam- foundational cracks beginning to happen in me and I didn't understand them nor recognize them. And for me, my outlet was that hiking. Oh, I am going to be doing something good. Absolutely. And, you know, as we look back, the questions that weren't being asked, but that were sitting there under the surface was, you know, is this as good as it gets? Right. If this is what marriage is going to look like, where, you know, it's kind of still, you know. Well, I was asking that of my life. I don't know if I was asking that of the marriage, but I know personally I was asking that of my life because I was sitting there going, I'm 26, 27. And if this is all that I, that life has to offer, then I, I need to go figure something else out. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's truthful because I remember being in that place. Absolutely. And, you know, so Tony took a break. Literally took a break. And, and a lot of people asked, like, did you go? No, I did not go. That is not my idea <laughs> of like a really good time or even a pseudo good time. It was a good time, though. It was a great time. It was, it was the right thing for you. Yeah. And it was, you, you got away. But there was definitely, like, we can look back now and we know mm-hmm. that that was an, a full-fledged identity crisis. Oh, yeah. Right? And so instead of maybe getting into drugs or women or other things like that, I mean, it's, it is, you know, I mean, if your husband's going to go do something go hike for, you know, four and a half months and 2,700 miles. Because everybody looks at that and they're like, wow, Tony, that's amazing. And, you know, Tony isn't the only one that's had to deal with this, right? I've dealt with this at different seasons where, you know, I, I suddenly found myself, not suddenly, I mean, it took six, six and a half years to, you know, be a mom. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm like wrapped up in kids and, and I'm always somebody's mom. And what does that look like? And, and where am I as a woman? And, you know, we asked all of you and 68% of the one family responded to an IG story last week. The question was, have you ever had the thought, I can't believe that this is all there is, whether in life or in marriage. And 68% of you said, yes, I've had that thought. And an, again, another 68% said that they felt like they've lost themselves in their marriage. And it's why we're doing this show, because as we started looking at that, as we started talking about the Pacific Crest Trail, which has been a part of our lives for 19 years, Mm -hmm. and we really started looking back and we're like, what was it about that hike beyond the nobility of, you know, doing this as a fundraiser beyond the, wow, that's quite an accomplishment, Tony, that you've hiked from Mexico to Canada. I mean, just look at a map, Google Pacific Crest Trail, and you'll see how long that trail is, right? Beyond all of these things, what was going on that that was the, that that seemed like the solution Mm -hmm. at the time? And 
it's actually not that uncommon to have an identity crisis within your marriage because you've gone from this place of being, you know, you, you're making first the adjustment of being, you know, going from being single mm -hmm. or being part of a dating couple or being an engaged couple to now being married. And what does that look like? How, you know, people will ask about how are you guys doing, right? Not how are you, how are you guys doing? Right. Or you introduce children into your family and now it's like, oh, what's going on with the kids? And, and everything becomes about the kids or you, you, you've lost your place as your you know, parent's child and now you're somebody else's parent. And all of these things start to shift and the decisions that you're making are no longer decisions that just impact you. Now you've got to think about your spouse and you've got to think about your finances and you've got to think about your kids. And so all of a sudden it's like it, it, you get into this place where you may say, who am I? And I also think that jobs, mm -hmm. work, career, businesses, those play a factor for all of us. And we can have an identity crisis within our marriage during those times because we're aiming for a goal mm -hmm. and then it doesn't come. Mm -hmm. Or it does come and we feel like we're not worthy of it. We're not ready. And that can also take you in a place of having an identity crisis. Do I have what it takes to step into that role and you can go a little sideways. I know for myself personally, and, and you guys will have to search in, in your own souls and your own hearts if, if you've gone through where you were at. But I know for myself, it was a two-part issue. One was work-related. Like I really felt like, hey, I went to college and now I'm working a trade. Like that's not who I am. And as a 20 or who I think I should be or th who I think I should be. Yes. And over the years I've learned to embrace what I do as work and, and enjoy it. But I know that was one of them. The second part of it was having gone married at 23 mm -hmm. young, hadn't met Elisa at 21 young, like what am I doing? Some of my, my best buddies weren't even married yet. And they were a couple of years older than me. And so there was this like, am I missing something? Mm -hmm. And so I went through that phase of my life, but I will say having hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, even though I went through that identity crisis and you're going to go through it yourself, if you do find the nugget in it, mm. find the gold in that time frame, because there's something amazing in there that's going to allow you to propel yourself through the remainder of your years. And a lot of times that identity crisis and Tony, you said this a few minutes ago, comes from the difference between expectations and reality. Correct. Right. Like mm -hmm. we think we, we have this, you know, I, I don't know when you make your plans for your life. I mean, I know, you know, when I was in high school, I had one set of plans and then getting married, I had another set of plans of what life was going to look like. And, and then you find yourself in this place where, you know what, I thought my life was going to look like this and now it looks like that. Or I thought we were going to have this by, you know, 40 and we haven't yet. And so like, what does that mean? Or we were going to live here and now we live in an, you know, I thought we were going to have a house by now and we live in an apartment and what, what are all of these different things? And when reality doesn't look like our expectations, you can get yourself into this place where th that identity crisis starts to take root. And then you start to engage in these really negative strategies. And you have to remember the hashtag for this year in the moment, where am I right now? Mm -hmm. And we'll get into more of how you can take action around this identity crisis. But I want to make sure that we understand that sometimes when these thoughts are just rolling and they're going, we have to remember the reason I am where I am right now is, and, and, and I need to be in this moment. Mm -hmm. I can't think 30 years ahead. I can't think 20 years ahead. It's almost like what we were talking about last week with chatter in my head. 
can't allow that to take you out of your game and where you are right now. Because when you're in the midst of an identity crisis, you know, some of those negative strategies that you all shared with us, and I, I will raise my hand and say that I've engaged in pretty much all of these, right? It's pulling away that whole withdrawing from your spouse, from your community, just, you know, really retreating into self. It's giving ultimatums. As one person said, we either need to figure this out or I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Very much like the conversation I had with Tony. I'm looking for a divorce attorneys. I love you, but I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. Some of you just get into this place where you just grin and bear it, right? You're like, I can't say anything. I, I don't feel like I can affect change. I'm just going to suffer in silence or maybe not so silent because some of you, you know, tend to be a little bit more vocal mm-hmm. when you're upset. The- that, that always, whenever I hear, see the grin and bear it, I always think of Madagascar, the penguins, smile and wave, boys, smile and wave. <laughs> right, and that's what and I that's, wanted- And that's a grin and bear it to me. It's sort of like, hey, we're going to smile and we're going to wave. Hey, mm-hmm. it's all good. You know, you'll shut down, you'll, you'll cry, you'll, you'll just g- almost go into a depressive state. Mm. And, you know, it's amazing when, when we can look back, you know, in our case, 19 years ago and have the hindsight of the last 11 years and, and to see that that was, you know, at 27, if somebody had told Tony he was having an identity crisis, I think he probably would have laughed in their face, been like, I'm 27 years old right? Or some of you may be 37 or 47. You're like, like, uh, no, that's not me. But when we start to look at it, right? When we start to look at these things and say, okay, you know what? What am I struggling with? Right? Is it, is it my job environment? Is it what's going on between the two of us? Is it stuff going on with the kids? Is it our finances? All of these things become, can get wrapped up in your identity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's looking at this place of saying, you know what, I I am being faced with an identity crisis and maybe it's not happening to you right now. Right. Maybe this is something that you've gone through and and I'm not going to speak it into your future, but I want you to know that if it shows up, this is going to be the show that you're going to come back to Mm -hmm. because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, they talked about it. Or if you've been there and you're like, wow, maybe I haven't fully healed from this. Maybe we're in that grin and bear it stage. Maybe I've just been suppressing stuff. Mm-hmm. I want you to remember that when you're faced with an identity crisis, you have two options. There's always two options, right? And we always, we always are in a place of two options. And one is to go down that road of, of the negative strategies, the ones that we just talked about, the, the pulling away, the giving ultimatums, the, the grin and bear it, the suffering and silence, like all of the, you can go down that road, right? That, that's, you have free will. It's your choice. Or you can choose to actually shift gears. Right? Like I think about when we had the identity crisis in our marriage, like are we going to be roommates for the next 16 years? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to dramatically shift gears? We, we could have just been still being roommates. You would not be listening to us now. One extraordinary marriage would not exist. We shifted gears mm-hmm. to change our identity as a married couple, to change how we saw each other, to change how we showed up. And so you always have those two choices. And we want to share how to get into that place of the positive strategies when you're having an identity crisis, or if you know someone who is, but first we want to, we want to share about position of the month club. And in case you haven't heard the position of the month club is the number one community for couples who want deeper intimacy in and out of the bedroom. This is a community of folks who uplift and encourage each other. And I will say it's been amazing. We've seen people like literally take off every mask, every pretense and come into this group and say, here's what I'm dealing with, whether it's job challenges, whether it's intimacy challenges, whether it's family challenges, whatever it is, they get in there and they get real. 
And I've never been so blessed mm. to see a community that's... We, Tony and I like don't like we don't even have to say anything because the community comes around the other summit partners and says, you know what? I got your back. Yep. If you need this, reach out to me. If you need an encouraging word, here it is. If you just need to know that you're not alone, here I am. And, and to have that as married couples, this group is such a blessing to Tony and I. Oh, I can honestly right now I couldn't do life without them. I, I love our summit partners in the position of the month club and that private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. It's something that I'm in every day. Mm -hmm. And many of my dear friends are in there now, guy friends that, that I can call and pick up the phone or text. And so it truly is a blessing. We'd love to have you in there with us. We do because like what we're talking about now being in an identity crisis or, or maybe you're just, you know, you're off a tick or attack, or maybe you've just plateaued, you know, it's okay because there are people in there and we're in there as well to be able to encourage you, give you insights and help you to see something new and different. So come join us. You can learn more about it at positionofthemonthclub.com. And hey, it's, it's a new position every month. It's resources and it's really the community that matters. Go to positionofthemonthclub.com. Mm, it's, it's what makes shows actually like this possible mm -hmm. because when you know that you've got a community of people, you can jump into break into your breakthrough. And, and, you know, as we're talking about this idea of identity crisis, you know, the fact of the matter is that it does happen. Maybe you don't know what that feeling is. Maybe you don't know why you feel off or you're like, what am I struggling with? But it, it does happen and it doesn't discriminate. Nope. Husbands can have an identity crisis. Wives can have an identity crisis. It's not a sign of weakness that you're having this crisis. It's an indication that there's a disconnect between expectations and reality. That's all it is. It's, it's like, it's a symptom. It's the warning light on your dashboard, right? That says, you know what? We need to, we need to change things, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm in a crisis mode. It, it's the, it's the flashing beep, beep, beep. So what do you do? First thing is, is you choose community over isolation, you know, when those warning lights go on so many times, we're like, you know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll get to it later, right? I'll take it into the show. Don't wait. Don't wait for a full on breakdown. Because what usually happens is one will come on and we're like, ah, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Another one comes on. We'll wait. Oh, let's put a sticker over that one. Oh, and before you know it, another one pops up and oh, it'll go off. No, it doesn't. Let, let's just put a sticker on that. Y you got to start taking care of them mm -hmm. because if not, all the warning lights are going to be on and your car is going to be broken down on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And that's an analogy of you're going to be broken down on the side of the road. Absolutely. So you need to get help. You know, it's, it's having the conversations with your spouse, your family, your community, your friends, even a coach, if necessary, you need to resource yourself. Sometimes the reason we have an identity crisis is because something is, is missing or we need to be more equipped in a particular area, right? So many of you, you know, when I asked, what did you do? Mm-hmm. What did you do to get through this season? So many of you said that even just finding this show, the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, was the catalyst for the change in your marriage. You went looking for resources. You found the show. You found the episodes that really resonated, spoke to, resonated, spoke to where you were. And you said, this is what I'm going to start to do. You started to identify what are the skills, what are the areas that need to be developed? Mm -hmm. And you took action on those, right? Because it's not just like, like if you're having an identity crisis, you know, you have to get involved in the process of getting through the crisis. It's not a permanent state. It is a temporary condition. Mm -hmm. Let me be real clear on that. You need to find a safe place for your feelings and emotions. 
So often when we're, when we feel like we're in crisis mode, we feel like we're the only ones dealing with this. And we allow our thoughts kind of like last week when we were talking about chatting our head, we allow our thoughts to be on that crazy hamster wheel right? I, I should have been this person by this age. I should, we should have this and we should, I don't know why my kids are acting like this and it must be because of me. And you have all of these thoughts and you actually have to have a safe place for them. So many of my clients, and you know, if you are one of my clients, you've heard me say this. Um, I will ask the question, are you journaling? Mm-hmm. Are you getting those thoughts out so you can actually analyze them so that they don't have to be on repeat in your head? Are, are you in coaching? Sometimes talking to a third person, we talked about this, you know, a minute ago when we talked about, you know, being in community, but are you talking with someone who can facilitate that mindset work with you? Yep. And if you're looking at doing some coaching with Elisa, you can learn more about that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Another strategy you all shared was to get moving, right? When we're in crisis mode, when you're having an identity crisis, it's easy to just sit and stew over it right? Like to, to get into this place where, you know what, I think I'll feel better if I just sit and binge on the latest Netflix series. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's the easy, that's the the easiest thing to do. And and we justify that, that because we're in this crisis mode that, that we just feel too tired or too sad to move. And the truth is that's when you need to get up off your butt and get going. And in my life, when after the, after the Pacific Crest Trail, going through this identity crisis, this is where I was. I was stagnant. This was one of the times when my pornography addiction was at its all-time high um, just because I wouldn't leave the house. And I remember Elisa just one day just getting in there and just going, enough, man. Like, we got we to gotta open up the shades here, man. You can't be sitting in the dark all day while I'm out working. Like, you need to get up and get moving. And it was something that I needed to hear and then just get a little like, hey, go do it. You, you got this. And, and it got me back on my feet again because I was sitting in isolation. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody around me other than Elisa. Elisa was really the only person I was talking to at that point in time. And we didn't talk that much. And, and this was one of the big ones for me. Get moving physically for my own health, but also get moving to start doing work again. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first job I got out of after doing the Pacific Crest Trail, I was working retail at the North Face. And it was something that I was just excited about again. And guess what? By doing that, I met new people. I got out and backpacking and climbing again. And and I just had a new new look upon life mm-hmm. and a new joy that began to go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of this identity crisis. Mm. And some of those guys I still know to this I day. Was, uh, just having that exact yeah. same thought. that I, I haven't talked to them in a while, but we still stay connected at times. Yeah. You know, another part of it is creating a new vision for your life. Sometimes, sometimes part of the, the reason that we're stuck in this place of the identity crisis is because we're looking at a vision that may be four, five, 10, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to, craft a new vision. You need to sit down and say, okay, where am I going from here? Right. I'm not going to live a vision that's 20 years old or that I made when I was 15 and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, what my, you know, family was going to like, you didn't know, but you made this vision and you, and when it doesn't match up, you're like, oh my gosh, who am I? You got to have a new vision. And I don't want you to ignore the faith component. So many of you shared that when you've been in this place, when you've been struggling, that you have started to pray and started to press into God and remembering your identity in Christ. 
And it's not just that. It's getting to this place too. When you're in crisis mode, when you're wondering who you are, you actually need to step out of yourself. And by this, I mean, you need to look outward and remember all the things that you have to be grateful for. Yeah. Because it's very hard to have both the funk going on and gratitude happening at the same time. Gratitude almost always wins out, but you actually have to practice it. Gratitude is a muscle. And when we get into a crisis mode, it's so easy to be like, it's just an EOR mode. And so you've got to step into this place where you say, you know what? I'm not staying in this temporary condition. I'm going to do these things to, to walk through this season and to come out on the other side victorious. Yeah. Wow. Strong stuff today. Um, gosh, I'm at, I'm at a bit of loss of words because when you get into this place, you, you sometimes don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope and we pray that this episode will be one that will get you out of that place, that will allow you to see that you are more than enough and that you will have an amazing life and an amazing marriage. We've seen it ourselves and we've seen it with so many others here in the one family. So really, I want to press upon you guys here. If you've gone through one and you haven't really cleaned up everything, make sure you clean it up. If you're in one, then let's get going and let's get moving. If you know somebody who is, be it your spouse, a friend, a, a pastor, Anybody who may be around at work, share this with them. Be be the person, be the light in your community. We love you guys so much, and we're truly honored and blessed to have you part of the one family. Love you guys. Have yourselves a great week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.